Welcome to Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today we are going to talk about the 2003 film Brother Bear. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a six-year-old boy. Holy crap. (laughs) I'm sorry. It just... It hits me every time you say that now, <laughs> how long we have yeah. been doing this. Yeah, yep. Something about your child aging has... <laughs> that's we've what been hits here you. for a while. <laughs> that's what it hits me, how long we've been... But it's been fun. Okay, so I am Briar Harvey, and I am the mom of an adult now. She's just an adult now, and that's fine. And a 10-year-old boy and a 4-year-old boy? Wow. Okay, mine are old, too. <laughs> there's no babies here anymore. There, there's no babies. I think we said that last time, too. I think we did, too. <laughs> All right, so this movie. Um, before we started recording, we were just talking about how nice it is to watch a movie that we completely forgot existed. <laughs> So we had no expectations of it. Um, This movie, so I said, it's 2003. That year it was nominated for an Academy Award, which it lost to Finding Nemo. So no surprise there. No, and I'm kind of fine with it, to be honest. This is the 44th Disney animated movie by the Walt Disney Animation Corporation. We've talked about how, like, Pixar gets mixed into that eventually and blah 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 whatever Um I don't really want to go into it again for the hundredth time, but this is before this we started counting, counting is before Pixar. you started counting Pixar. So Finding Nemo is not included in this, I guess we'll call it Disney canon, but like eventually Ralph breaks the internet is. So it's just pre and post when Disney was just partnered with and then when Disney took Owned over. outright. Right. Yeah. So this movie is a sort of, bleak time period for Disney. Um, So just for perspective, Tarzan was released in 1999. And then we got Fantasia, Dinosaur, The Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis, Lilo and Stitch. I'll give them that one. Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, Home on the Range, Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, Bolt. And then in 2009, we got The Princess and the Frogs. Frogs. So I would say I think realistically it's okay to say that that was like a 10-year stretch of not much good for Disney. Yeah, there's a few in there that are okay. Like they're and okay to watch, but commercially, I don't think they did. They did not those. do well. Outside and, of Lilo and Stitch. Right. And there are no princesses. Mm-hmm. No princesses. This is a, a whole group of male centered stories you have here. For the most part. So we'll say well, Tarzan is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fantasia's. Um, we all Fantasia. Know yeah. I think Dinosaur, that's um, a male. I haven't mm-hmm. ever seen it, though. <laughs> I, I don't know that I have either. It's on our list. It's coming. The Emperor, yeah. The Emperor's New Groove, that's Cusco. Atlantis, male. Lilo and Stitch is Lilo, um, so that's not a boy. Uh, Treasure Planet is male. Brother Bear is male. Home on the Range, have no idea. I've never seen it. It's cows. Um, Chicken Little. <laughs> Chicken Little is a boy. Meet the Robinsons is a boy. Bolt is a girl, but the dog's a boy. And he's really the main character, right? Right. And then we have the Princess and the Frog. It's just an unusual stretch of male-focused movies for Disney. They don't typically 
do that many in a row that to that point most of them were mixed up within the um the princess movies or they put in a lot of animal movies <laughs> so i feel like this has to have been a very deliberate decision there's got to be some reason for this and i'm going to guess Disney's part. my guess is once we sit down and do I would say Atlantis. Atlantis will probably be where we find out why that happened if we look into the history of the production of Atlantis. Because so, that, it feels like that's the shift for me. Because right. right before Atlantis, you did have the Emperor's New Groove, which still had that same Disney formula that you would see in like Tarzan and stuff. That very much feels like a Disney movie. You can slot it into their timeline and it doesn't stand out like a sore thumb. Whereas things like Atlantis, Treasure Planet, this movie, they kind of stick out. They're not your typical Disney movie, right? No, it's still I... Disney. It's still very much a Disney movie. You know you're watching a Disney movie, but it doesn't feel, it has a different feel from the other Disney movies. So I think that, this may just be my headcanon, but I feel like in the late 90s, Disney started to become very clear about how they actually shaped children Mm-hmm. when they were watching these movies. And we'll go through all of these because we're going through all of these for the most part. And my suspicion here is that this is Disney's very deliberate attempt to do some kind of morality plays for boys. So it's also interesting to note that you have The Princess and the Frog, which, although well-regarded, it led to that shift for Disney. That was the last traditional animation they did, um, remember? And so, like, it was, like, their last actual princess movie. And then we have Tangled right after that, which they completely shifted their marketing on after The Princess and the Frog. And try to, like, make it more of the story of Rapunzel and Flynn. Um, so, I don't because know. Because we all... wanted to include the boy and yeah. the girl. So, it's like they, it's kind of like they, they realized that they weren't doing very well. And they're like, okay, let's do another princess movie. They did another princess movie. It also didn't do well. But they already had more princess movies in the pipeline. So, then they're like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and that's what led to Tangled becoming Tangled instead of Rapunzel. And Princess and the Pea. Princess and the Frog? Or Princess and the Frog. I don't think we... No, I don't think we've ever done it. We haven't done that one. So Princess and the Frog, but we have mentioned it before, and Mm -hmm. it's it's significant to the black community because there's a black princess, but commercially that movie did not do well at all. Not to Disney's expectations, I guess, Mm -mm. is a good way to say. Um... I love The Princess and the Frog. I love that it's like the most modern version of their princess storytelling. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like the traditional Disney princess stories more so than something like Tangled or Frozen does, right? But it's still pretty modern, right? There's not a lot of unfortunate lessons to be learned from The Princess and the Frog. (laughs) Tiana's okay. a very strong, independent woman, right? Yes, and yeah. not in this movie. 
All right. So, anyways, we've totally gotten off the movie we're talking about. Just it's just an interesting time period for Disney, and I'm gonna imagine that there are plenty of those people out there listening right now who forgot about this Brother Bear movie as well. How how do you feel about the representation in this film? So. Again, I am the whitest of white ladies who lives in upstate New York, and it felt okay to me. Like, it it felt respectful, I felt. Like, I feel like it feels respectful. It's not, um, it, it just, I don't know. It felt respectful to me. I didn't have a reason to find a problem with it. I feel like the story is good, and I think that they took very deliberate care crafting the mythology and the Mm -hmm. legend and the history so wait i want to say the story and the movie as it is is good but the fact that there are not a single right not one (laughs) single native or indigenous of any kind of any kind You don't have a Hawaiian actor. You don't have a Native American actor. You don't have an Inuit. You don't have anything. We don't have Maori. We have nothing. We have white people. I I mean, Phil Collins. And a couple people of color who are not Native. (laughs) I, I, I did appreciate, like, and this is where Disney gets so wrong, too. Like, how do you have your color commentary mooses be Canadian, right? but not have one mm-hmm. single indigenous actor? Yeah, I, I, I was really... Really, really disappointed. Surprised to see that. I it just it because Disney's gotten so much better th- at that in recent times. Like you know, um, Moana. Uh, what did we talk about recently? Um, uh, Coco. Coco. Yeah, it's they've like leaps and bounds in the the time from two thousand three to twenty twenty one. And I am forced to wonder if this movie was perhaps a catalyst for that in some way. So, again, I'm not digging into any of these voice actors' backgrounds, but none of them present as traditionally Correct. native in any way. Right? And I I am not a good representative of indigenous culture and have very little but the people that i know who are indigenous are very proud of their history Mm -hmm. and their culture and they talk about it frequently and should since the things that have happened to them since settlers came to america Mm -hmm. have been horrific in many, many ways. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we tell these stories and we talk about what has happened. And in Canada in particular has... It's so interesting to me because so many people are like, Canada is so much more enlightened than the United States. And if you ever if look you into look what they did... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. residential schools ended in the 90s mm-hmm. like and i don't know if you don't know what the residential schools were basically they took native children and they raised them in usually religious 
organization, schools, where they took everything away from them. They took their language. They took their name. They took their hair. They took everything away from them to get them to be white. Assimilated. Mm -hmm. White. And when you look at Canadian governmental practices as a rule, even now... There is a whole lot of fucking bullshit that happens to indigenous communities in Canada in the way that they are mistreated and not represented. The number of indigenous women who go missing or murdered, whose cases are never solved, is high, y'all. Incredibly high. So there is... That's not to say that the U.S. doesn't have problems. They obviously oh, God, do. No, 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 The no, only no. reason we're talking about it as, like, this is what's happening in Canada is because you may not be aware that this is, like, a North American issue. It's not, it's not just, just an American the issue. It's United States. It is it's, all yeah. of America. It's not like and they had shiny, happy times up north. And because we are telling this particular Inuit story... Mm-hmm. It is really important, I feel, to call attention to those things mm-hmm. that are still happening in Canada to these people. Right. All right. So, anyway, um, moving on, I guess. <laughs> Going back to the mooses. <laughs> yes, can we talk about the mooses? Because they really do make this movie. Okay, so do you know who voiced the mooses? I know Rick and Dave, yes. Do you know Rick who Rick and, and Dave Thomas, yes. Do you know they, who Rick and Dave Thomas are famous for portraying? Well, yes, because I am a fan of SCTV. Okay. But, so not everybody might know But not no know one this. else does. <laughs> you do because you're so close I'm to the border. I'm basically Canadian, yeah. Yeah. So, uh,. Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas are famous for appearing on SCTV, which was Second City TV. Um, yes. It was kind of like an SNL thing. They had a lot more Canadian actors, uh, Chicago, comedians, because I mean, they were in so. Chicago. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that's where they became famous. And they became mostly famous, I would say, for portraying two characters, Bob and Doug McKenzie, who were the stereotypical Canadians. Um, and Just. then... If, Right, like, take off. They called everybody hosers and, like, you know, whatever. So, There's so many yeah. days. But um, then they had a movie called Strange Brew. Yes. Have you seen it? Yes. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. And now that I'm reading this here, I'm like, oh, God, I have to go see that yeah. again. It I watched a, a lot. comedic classic. In my younger days. Um, basically, Hockey Canada, whatever. Yeah. Um, so their characters' names are Rut and Took. And Took is spelled T-U-K-E for some reason. But a Took in Canada, that's what they call their knit hats. That's, that's called see. a Took. I don't know about rut, just because maybe moose. What are they? Moose. They rut. They they rut. Right. (laughs) I like the mooses. The mooses are great. Yep. They They were really good comedic. uh, Yes. Foils. I don't know. Is that the right word? I'm not sure. Whatever. Yes, it is. But So, like, I guess as far as casting goes, at least... There's some Canadians. Right. <laughs> like, but like, I say again, 
when our like, only Canadian representation, though, <laughs> is, is the mooses. Guys. Yeah. We have a um, So, Joaquin Phoenix is... <sighs> is Kanai? Yeah. D.B. Sweeney? <laughs> do you know who D.B. Sweeney I is? I do. He's from The Cutting Edge. Um... <laughs> I like that that is the reference you use for D.B. Sweeney. I, I don't know that you could go with anything else there, really. <laughs> oh, come on. He's had He's been on, like, a bunch of sci-fi shows, hasn't he? Yes. Or something. He plays, like, a, a police officer a lot. <laughs> there, was a, there was a show on Fox. This is when I learned to hate Fox called Harsh Realm because it got canceled, like... Before they finished airing <laughs> the final episodes. Okay. So you had to go and buy the box set so that you could watch the 11 episodes that they made of Harsh Realm. Oh, yeah. It was. And then then they did Sarah Connor Chronicles after that. <laughs> and I have really never forgiven Fox. I just I can't get past the fact that this cast is what it is. Like, are there's... We are we sure Joaquin doesn't I mean, have... if he does, it's like... Come on. If he does, and he's the only representation in this movie, they still did a bad job. No, because he's Puerto Rican. I'm looking right at it. He was born in Puerto Rico. So if we're saying that Puerto Rican is the same thing as indigenous Inuit, I don't think that, that's the thing. I don't think they're they saying that. Care. It, it no, just wasn't even a thing. They just didn't care. It, it no. wasn't a consideration. So, yeah, anyways, D.B. Sweeney is Sitka. <laughs> I mean, Michael. good. Michael Clark Duncan was Tug. I don't even think you needed me to tell you that because it's literally Michael Clark Duncan as a bear. Right? Let's be honest. He was kind of a bear of a human anyway. Yeah, right. So there was very little acting done (laughs) in that role. Right. I was, it was I was happy to hear him again, though. I must admit, I, I, I miss him. So... Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't really even want to, there's nothing more to talk about. The fact of the matter is there are no people who are, are, as far as we can tell, have any amount of native heritage. That's it. That's, that's what I have. No. (laughs) The The music's Phil Collins. And isn't it so Phil Collins? It's so like, Phil Collins. So <laughs> Phil Collins. I'm I'm listening and I'm like, man, this was a hell of an era, wasn't it? <laughs> like... <laughs> um, and Tina Turner is the right. uh, the singer of the original song, or the uh, main song, the title song, I the guess. The title song. The um, one that they they play in the at the beginning and the one that they play at the end, right? Yeah, it's the right. Title song. It's a musical with. Oh, I mean, all right. It's 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 a musical. Sarah, was there enough music? No, I mean it wasn't like that kind of musical. 
No. Um, but. So what my comments about the music for this song uh, or this movie are Tina Turner, the song Welcome, the song that they're all singing at the um, the Salmon Run. Mm-hmm. Disney uses that mo- that still in like its parades and stuff, um, which is funny because like you can't find anything else about this movie anywhere on Disney. Um, but they yeah they use that song. As I was hearing it, I'm like, this song is really familiar to me. And I know I haven't seen this movie enough to know why this song is familiar. Um, but that's why. And then the song that um, Coda sings when he starts singing the song, like, I'm on my way. That song is a very popular TikTok um, audio. And it has over 200,000 uses. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, so this, it's, That's... And, 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 and the thing about TikTok, which I admit to not being on, but it's, it's all Gen Z, mostly. Yeah. So they, they, they don't, they have no idea. This movie. No. None of them know no. where that so, song comes from. And that happens with a lot of the sounds on TikTok. If you're not familiar with TikTok, the, the way things meme on TikTok is through their sounds. So, like, somebody makes a sound and then other people use it and they make, like, their own videos for the sounds, basically. Either they're lip syncing or they're doing a dance to it or they're, like, whatever. Um, that's, that's as deep into explaining it as I'm going to get because beyond that, it really doesn't make much more sense. Um, you'd have to see it for yourself. But there's all these songs that are sounds that people don't know the origin to but are so obvious to, like, millennials and Gen X. But because uh-huh. the base of the, the platform is Gen Z, you also then have this subset of people with accounts explaining what the sounds are <laughs> to people, <laughs> which is great. It's just great. So yeah, very I love popular. Subculture. I, I love <laughs> subcultures like that, though. Those yeah. are my favorite places yeah. to hang out on the internet, are yeah. places like that where we're explaining the things that we're doing over here. Like, yeah. that's just, that's the best. Okay. So yeah, 200,000 uses, at least, on um, TikTok. Um, this movie was... If not the first, one of the first dates I went on with my husband. So it's important for that reason alone, I guess. But I guess. <laughs> and I can't remember. <laughs> because it's either this movie or Big Fish where, like, it was one of our first dates. We saw both together. And uh, I can't remember which one it is. I guess I can look up when Big Fish was released and then I'll know. Because we saw him in the theater. Give me a moment. That's also 2003. <laughs> so it doesn't fine. help. That doesn't help. That's December 2003, and this was... I just looked it up. This movie came out in November, and Big Fish came out in December. So it had to have been this movie, not just because, like, they came out in that order, but because we wouldn't have been together in December because we were in college, so we would have been with our respective families at that point. But um, the reason it's important that I tell you that either this or Big Fish was the first date with my husband is because he cried at both. (laughs) (laughs) he cried at this one because he's a he has a brother so obviously he was crying at this one and then he cried at big fish because it's like there's very few men who have any kind of like relationship with their father who don't cry at big fish i have to so anyways yeah so i went on two dates with him to the movies and he cried at both of them (laughs) oh so i mean it's no surprise that he's still the one that cries quicker at media in this family yeah usually 
when we're talking about the tearjerkers, it is. It's him Mm -hmm. that has cried at the same sequences that I am crying at. And it's you over there going, eh, whatever. I'm trying to think of what made me cry. Oh, you know what makes me cry consistently, though? The TV show Bluey. Have you watched it at all? Yes, I love it. Oh, my God. It's so good. Listen, if you aren't watching Bluey, even if you don't have kids. I don't care if you have kids. If your kids are too old for cartoons, then you definitely have to watch it because you... Bluey appeals to parents in, in like, in a way that you would almost think that they made the show for parents instead of kids. There are so many episodes that are just obviously for parents. And, like, they hit parenting in a way that I don't know that I have consistently seen in media. No. And it's (laughs) so poignant and mm-hmm. just really like man it gets me in the feels yep. constantly. constantly 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 i'm bawling at an episode and... of bluey and the boys are looking at me like what the hell yeah. is the matter with you mom because it doesn't hit them no. on the same way at all and my it, and... son just thinks everything about it is hilarious he oh, loves yeah. the entire it is the show funniest mm-hmm. show ever to them both of them they love mm-hmm. it and the four-year-old is autistic, so getting mm-hmm. him to sit and even watch a TV show is is work. But the physical humor... Yes, there's a lot of it. The slapstick of mm-hmm. Bluey is just, man, listening to him laugh at this mm-hmm. show is really as much of a joy as I get from watching it, sure. which hits it on a complete, like, God, it's, it may be my favorite kid's show. It's time. my favorite kid's show. They release the new episodes on, and they was either Friday night, I guess, because we always watch, that's what we watch Saturday morning. Saturday mm-hmm. morning is my day to get up, and then I sleep in on Sundays and my husband gets up. Um, just because we have to give, our son is at a point where, like, he could be completely independent enough, but we have to, like, give him medicine and stuff first thing in the morning. So by the time you've, like, measured out medicine, you're like, I'm you're awake. <laughs> so anyways, I get Saturday mornings and he gets Sunday mornings. But we always watch the most recent three episodes of Bluey on Disney Now. Because it's not... Unfortunately, Disney Plus doesn't have the most recent episodes. They have, like, the previous season. But if you have the Disney Now app, you can get the most recent three episodes on Saturday morning. So this morning, they released an episode called Baby Race. And it's Chili, the mom, reminiscing to Bluey and Bingo, the the two sisters, about um, when Bluey was a baby and she was going to mom's group and... They were all, like, kind of competing to see, like, when their baby would do things first. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, at the end, oh, my God, baby Bluey starts walking. And she's, like, (laughs) she's, like, she's asking her mom, when did I start walking? And her mom's, like, you started walking in the kitchen. And she's, like, well, why did I start walking? And her mom's, like, well, you must have seen something you want. And they're, like, playing the like from Bluey's perspective of her walking in the kitchen and she's like walking right to her mom and I'm like oh, oh my god <laughs> I'm like literally crying <laughs> I'm like why every time why does this show get me <laughs> but then there's really another does. the ab- 
absolute best episode of Bluey is an episode called Sleepy Time. And it's about a child's bedtime routine. And then it's about the child's dreams all night. And again, it's going to make you cry. <laughs> it's beautiful. But they really, they all make me cry. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I know when I sit down to watch the whole episode of Bluey, mm-hmm. I'm going to be crying. And it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So okay. welcome. Thanks for sitting through my TED Talk on Bluey. Now back to Brother Bear. <laughs> so, so I, go ahead. Here's some other notes I had on this before we get into like the actual important stuff. Um, I have to add Sitka to my list of cartoon characters I find attractive. <laughs> He's a very attractive cartoon character. Um, yeah, that's as, as the bear. Yeah, no, no, Sitka, the one that dies. Oh. Oh, the, the eagle. Okay. He's the eagle, the eagle as, not the bear. The yeah, no, the oldest brother. He's on my list of attractive cartoon characters. Like I, I'll be uh, watched it twice, and none of the names <laughs> stuck, which is entirely my fault. I feel like the only reason I know them is because I specifically look them up to write them down, and they don't use them a whole lot. They really, they don't, and they're not significant to the story. Mm-hmm. But I suspect, too, that's a little bit of whitewashing that we've done there because they're unusual, not typical names. And so... Could be, yeah. It's fine. Okay. Shall we do the story? Yes. Okay. What's the story? So the movie is basically a, um, it starts with a storyteller telling the story of him and his three brothers, or his, or three, does he say it's me and my two brothers, or does he say it's a story about three brothers? Do we know in the beginning that it's about him, or is that not until the end? I can't remember. I don't think we know in the beginning. It's okay. a story about three brothers. Mm-hmm. That feels so, right to me. Yeah. I really like, I don't, I like that this is... A movie about an origin story for a Native American, like, um, I don't know. I just like the idea of that. Like, I wonder if it's an actual story or a Native Inuit. Um, uh, it would be lovely if it turned out to be, you yeah. know, that, yeah. that this was an actual well, I guess legend that the reason had... the reason that I say that is because I love the tradition or the um the the fact that they give living things um familial relationship basically they call they call they're, they call animals their brothers. It would be Brother Bear or, you know, Sister Maze. Like, there's the three sisters. Mm-hmm. Was it corn, squash, and beans, I think? Because yes. you can grow them all together. Yes, um, you can plant them all in the but same But, like, that, that's, like, and, I'm yeah. I'm saying this the total wrong way. But, like, that's, that's, I liked that at the end we realized that this is the story that they're telling about why... This is what it is. You know, I I have a bad way. 
like um, Song of the Sea. Yeah, there's a good amount of legend here that without the reference to the legend, you can at least appreciate some of the... This this one actually accomplishes the care for the earth thing Mm -hmm. that I think Pocahontas was. Yeah, so I wish I had, like, thought more about it. I wish I had watched Pocahontas and then this. Do you think that Disney did anything to redeem themselves by this movie versus like compared to Pocahontas compared to Pocahontas. Sure. I mean, obviously, especially on casting, they got some things wrong here, Mm -hmm. but comparatively speaking, Oh yes, this is definitely a redemption of at least the telling of the story. Mm -hmm. And again, I would like to believe that this is an actual legend that they had heard somehow and decided to make into a movie because it allows for it to be authentic in the (laughs) way that Pocahontas certainly was not. Yeah. So... So I love that this is a story. So Kanai gets his totem, and he's a love bear, and his brothers make fun of him for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that the story is about love, but there's not no a romantic touch love. of romantic love in this movie. Not at all. The only romantic love you have is those two bears at the salmon run. That's it. There is no romantic love in this movie. But, but, Brother Bear 2 is only about romantic love. We'll do you want to just... know who you want to know who voices characters in Brother Bear too? Do I? <laughs> yeah. Do, do I? You? Yep. Mm-hmm. Do Patrick I? Patrick Dempsey is Kanai. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and the female love interest is Mandy Moore. Is there Mandy Moore singing? Of course there is. I didn't watch the whole movie. <laughs> Uh, 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 no this is mandy moore (laughs) if there's mandy moore in it there's mandy moore singing in it not necessarily i bet you there isn't hmm it's a bet okay now i'm gonna have to go fucking watch this movie sarah god damn it and in the end i win either way and in the end you win either way So, yeah, I got nothing about, I I see Chuck Williams produced a two-page treatment of a father-son story in which the son is transformed into a bear and in the end remains a bear and then Tab Murphy, who wrote, co-wrote, Hunchback, Tarzan, and Atlantis came on board and wrote this script. Okay. But I am not, in fact, seeing anywhere... That it comes from anywhere? That it actually comes from anywhere. That's disappointing, I mean, is it? But then again, maybe it's not so disappointing, because maybe that would be seen as, like, disrespectful, considering the way that they treated the casting of this movie. Well, and we come back to the idea of 
Shit, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. All right. So, the movie itself. Um, the Aurora Borealis is beautiful. And mm-hmm. the Elk Stampede had that, um, the way it was filmed reminded me of the um, Stampede and the Lion King. The Lion King. I'd be curious if there was any reused animation oh, from that. Probably. Because Disney is really big on that. But um, also, I would guess that both of those things were using some kind of new technology for animation because Disney loves doing that. Mm-hmm. We're like, when you think about the ballroom scene in Beauty and the Beast, or I, I believe the stampede scene in Lion King was some mm-hmm. kind of new whatever. It was at the time, yep. Yeah. I vaguely recall having that conversation when we did the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um. This movie is traditional animation. Um, I really like watching traditional animation. Just the act of watching traditional animation, regardless of what it is, feels nostalgic to me because it just has a different look. I miss it. I gotta Mm -hmm. be honest. As much as I love what we can do with CGI, I miss hand drawn panels and it makes me feel very don bluth right like (laughs) like i can as as insane as he is about this i do actually intellectually understand what he means because there is something about hand-drawn traditional animation that allows you to take in the story without taking in god the fact that you're watching all the effects right Mm -hmm. yeah it just feels different. All right. What are your thoughts? Any additional thoughts? <sighs> Feelings? Commentary? You know, in terms of the story, I do like how we get to choose our family, maybe. That was, this is always a reoccurring theme for me given the nature of my family and the fact that I don't speak to most of them and the fact that I had to make and create my own and here we have Kenai really making the choice except he doesn't choose he gets a whole nother family right because The tribe still acknowledges him as a member. Mm -hmm. He is the boy who became a man by becoming a bear. Mm -hmm. But obviously he's bear now. So he's got this whole bear family and his bear brother. And I do... The family that we choose is a very powerful lesson that... I think Disney comes back to a lot Mm -hmm. because I think that they recognize how many kids don't grow up in happy households. Yeah. Or traditional households. Or traditional households. Mm -hmm. I I really do think that they try, they fail a lot. They fail a lot. But they do try to acknowledge that not every kid is growing up in the American dream. Mm -hmm. So, those kids need stories, too. hmm And here we get to choose a family, to make a choice about who we are, and those lessons really stick for kids who 
don't have the best circumstances at home. All right. To and, lighten it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really, I forgot to mention, I was really amused by the scene when Kanai first turns into a bear. And he's trying to talk to the village elder. And he's like, he he can't talk to her because he's a bear. And he's like talking. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) that was my favorite scene. (laughs) And to her credit, right? Like, she's just, there's this bear yowling at me. Yeah. Oh, there was, there was a lot of good here. Mm -hmm. There was a lot not good here, too. And, but like, okay, so beyond the, the entirely not native cast, what was some of the bad? Um, not native cast, not original story, um. No, if we're assessing it on the face of the movie itself, Mm -hmm. I, too, was pretty pleased with it. Mm -hmm. For, like, a child to watch this movie and not knowing what the cast looks like, are we okay with what comes away from this movie for us? Oh, yeah. 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 This is The story is great, um, and I, I think the representation is respectful. Mm-hmm. Outside of the fact that no cast, you know, it's 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 respectful in design, if not intent, is mm-hmm. what I would say, right? So they tried, bless mm-hmm. them, they tried. Mm-hmm. Bless your heart. Maybe Disney. this was the step they needed to take, you know, to get to well, something like Moana. Yes, I think that because. Surely, on the back end, I guarantee you, Disney has some form of internal metrics where they really do listen to the reviews and process what gets made next based on... It's too... Disney spends too much money to not have a system for figuring out what works and what doesn't for them. And while this was clearly in the dark age of figuring that process out, obviously, I mean, we'll have to do Raya at some point in time, but that movie was a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Like, and they've gotten consistently better each and every time of really honing in, not just on the story, Mm -hmm. but what makes it inclusive and diverse in Mm -hmm. appropriate ways okay so yeah this is this is a wave station this Mm -hmm. is certainly better than pocahontas and Mm -hmm. it's certainly better than I mean, hell, you know all you all know how I feel about some of the classics. So they've come a long way, mm-hmm. and I would let my kids watch this. I did let my kids watch this. I forced them to eat popcorn and <laughs> sit on the couch and watch this movie. I, I, I'll acknowledge none of them made it all the way through. Okay, but 
they all have the attention spats of spans of gnats, so it's fine. <laughs> if it's not bluey length, right? Right. We, yeah. We may have some problems <laughs> with film. It's it's rare that I can get both boys to sit through the entirety of any of these movies. Mm-hmm. Although the Princess Bride was a winner. Surprisingly so. Yeah, my son liked the Princess Bride too. Oh, what did he like? Oh, you know what we've been watching lately? The Indiana Jones movies. We just watched oh, Kingdom really? Yeah, we just watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull last night. Which, you know, obviously. We can, we won't write home about yeah. that one. No, but, but you want to know what his absolute favorite part in any Indiana Jones movie was? I just have to like get brains? the title. Huh? No, we, like we, brains? no, so when that was coming up, we were telling him, oh, they're going to have to eat monkey brains. And he like was like, yeah, that's going to be hilarious. And then we got to the, and he like was totally, it was like, uh, Okay. And like it's so, not as cool as I was sold. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to show your kid Indiana Jones, I just have to get back into what. Give me one second. I need to. Um, I always forget what each movie is titled. Oh. Okay. All right. So, in Temple of Doom, that's mm-hmm. the monkey brains one. That is the monkey. That's brains the one, one with um, short round. Is that his name? Oh, God, yes. That is his name. <laughs> um, we did cover his eyes during the scenes where they're ripping hearts out of people. <laughs> okay. That's the only I mean, time, fair. though. We let him see melting faces in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, but his absolute favorite part was in The Last Crusade when they're in the library and they're trying to find the spot to dig. And so the librarian is stamping the book. And as the librarian is stamping the book, Indy is trying to break through the, the floor. Yep. And so he's hitting the floor with each stamp. That is honestly one of my favorite scenes. Yes. He's, he's like, can we watch that part of that movie again? He just wants to watch that scene. <laughs> but yeah, Indiana Jones went over pretty well, I'd say. There's another coming, I think. Yeah, that's what they say. I don't know why they would do that. <laughs> Especially after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Guys, well, I saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when it came out because, like, of course I did. It's an Indiana Jones movie, right? Of course. And then I haven't thought about it much since then. It is awful. It is it terrible. It really is awful. It's aliens. It's aliens. It it's, is. It's aliens. There's, like, what? All of the other Indiana Jones movies are, like, full-on, good archaeology. But, like, fully fleshed-out myths, right? Mm-hmm. Right? 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 Aliens? <laughs> Aliens. Aliens. And you know just... right away. You know, as soon as they show you the first skull, you know it's going to be aliens. Oh, you know. <laughs> Look, I would just like another national treasure, okay? Yeah, we are trying to see, we're trying to decide when national treasure will be good. I think that's going to take a little longer because there's more, like he needs to be taking history classes before uh-huh. he's going to appreciate national treasure, right? 
Like, he needs some American history. I think we... So, we watched those... What what year did National Treasure come out? Um, I don't know. Let me look at my Cagepedia. He's so prolific. He's <laughs> he really... one of my favorite actors. Mm, yeah. He's so I read weird. an interview a few... No, I read an interview he did a couple of years ago where he talked about... This is just... It's about the craft for him and getting to tell the most ridiculous stories possible. Mm-hmm. And... When you look at his work from that perspective, it, I do, I feel grateful for it because we wouldn't have gotten Raising Arizona without that or, perspective. Or Peggy Sue Gets Married. Or Peggy Sue Gets Married, or Moonstruck, or... There are a lot of movies of his that, I, that, are, that are absolute winners that you would never have gotten without his ability to churn out the crap, too. Yeah. So, National Treasure came out in 2004. 2004. Okay, so... So, I feel like the way you do it with kids is you start with Indiana Jones, then eventually you do National Treasure, and then you do The Da Vinci Code. Because <laughs> oh, the they're Vinci all... Code is shit. I know, I mean, but I, they're I, all derivative, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It's just. It's certainly awful. not Tom <laughs> Hanks's best work. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, <laughs> Brother Bear. <laughs> I hope that when you edit this, there is actually an episode I'm keeping, here. I'm keeping all this in. Um. Okay. okay. So the ending of the movie. You want to know what my head cannon is for the end of the movie? Okay, go ahead. Okay. So Sitka, the eagle brother. Uh-huh. And Coda's mom, the bear that he killed, go off into the spirit world together at the end, right? I have decided that they fall in love in the spirit world. I, I love it when you decide <laughs> shit. They're bonded forever. And, like, how, you know, like, how many love stories start with something like it happened one night where two people hate each other. And then they're forced to share a bed. (laughs) I mean, the spirit world's pretty big. (laughs) Right. No. So in the spirit world, they have to go on some kind of forgiveness journey between the two of them. No. No, you're not. Fine. No. They're in love in the spirit world. All right. Headcanon <laughs> heard. Acknowledged. But not Definitely accepted. Definitely not accepted. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. So. I feel like. This is n- not a good movie to ask if kids would do this. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> this is not really a movie about a kid. It's not really a movie about a kid. It's, um, it's a movie. Would your kid annoy a stranger? Sure. My kid would totally annoy a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if your child was a bear, would it act like Coda? Probably. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
they're basically feral animals anyway. Right, so exactly. I-, I see little difference between the human children and the bear child. <laughs> but other than that... Um, okay, so... Let's let's chat about the tearjerker moments because this obviously there are quite a few layered in here mm-hmm. where you can really go nuts if you wanna. So the bear dying, which got me a little bit. Oh, so when Sitka does that, I feel like he had more options. I really do too. <laughs> I mean, that seemed like a pretty. Um drastic choice for the situation because we have to get from there to here right so yeah you know it's it's fate that he ends up in the spirit world with mother bear so they can fall in love <laughs> yeah there were there were some other options there that did not yes. involve death to all mm-hmm. like I don't know, yo. I don't know. <laughs> but it it was it was an emotional moment. Okay. And then we have I I mostly blubbered through the end, right? Mm-hmm. When we got the whole ceremony and we got the song and yeah, it's 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 not per- I, I, Disney manufactures tears a lot, and mm-hmm. this one is kind of right on the edge for me. Okay. Because it's difficult to explain how I know that I am being manipulated to cry. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, no. I know exactly what you mean. Like, a Hallmark but, commercial yes. exists to make you cry. Exactly. Some of those Hartford insurance commercials. We don't fuck Hartford. Uh, some of those commercials, and I know, like, I'll look away. I'll pick up my phone. Mm-hmm. I do not want to mm-hmm. have my heartstrings so brutally tugged in mm-hmm. the way that I know is coming. And Disney tries not to do that. Sometimes they skirt the line, and I think this one just really did kind of skirt the line. Okay. I can't define it other than I just... Did you cry? No. Well, see. (laughs) And I will note, in the movies where they don't do it deliberately, and it's an honest, legitimate moment, you will. Yeah. If it's it's real, if it's Mm -hmm. not forced... Like, we haven't done Inside Out yet, but... So, I do you think it's more the forced is going to be, like, a general thing that makes people like you and my husband cry, and then the unintentional, that's more when you have the deep, like, emotional connection to what's happening that maybe not everybody has. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I... Because I feel cry like you can, about you most can look things. at two situa- like you can look at it two different ways. There's sad situations that are going to make you cry, 
And then there's sad situations that you connect to on a deeply emotional level, and that's why it's making you cry. Those mm-hmm. are like, you know, the sad situations that are going to make you cry, those would make me cry if I'm having like a particularly hormonal day. Right? And let me be clear here. I'm not saying you're unfeeling in mm. any way, right? This is more about because I am a crier, mm-hmm. the ability to to do th- it does it feels it's an intrusion mm-hmm. in some cases like it it's it's a deliberate act to make me cry because they can right and... when they kill a dog yes <laughs> pretty much mm-hmm. do we have to kill the dog probably not although i mean then you don't have john wick <laughs> <laughs> I admit, I have never seen any of those well, movies. Well, that's what it's about. It's about a guy I, whose dog gets killed. I know, and <laughs> I'm told they're good. I've only seen the first two. Okay. I am going to lose battery soon, so... <laughs> I guess we better wrap up We should up wrap it up, sorry. the actual <laughs> movie. No, it's fine. Okay. Back on Halloween track. Halloween costume, do no. not Mm-mm. in any way, nope. shape, or form Don't do ever it. attempt to try and wear this as a Halloween costume. No. And on that note, so coming up soon, we are going to bring you Forgotten Favorites, all of the Disney movies. I guess we're starting with this one, right? Yeah. This is the we're, start all of the Forgotten Favorites. We talk, yeah. All those movies we talked about in that period between Tarzan and this movie, some of those, some of the older ones that a lot of people don't really remember, we're going to touch on some of the less popular Disney movies. Because at this point in time, there's how many? And there's a lot. 60? Oh, how many Disney animated films? Yes. How many oh. Disney animated 60 films? 60 something, I think. Yeah, there's a lot. And that there's doesn't include some of those um, early Pixar, Pixar movies. Yeah. So yes. let's see. What is the exact number? Raya and the Last Dragon is number 59. 59 mm-hmm. 60 movies almost we're 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 really we're getting out there so we're gonna talk about some of the movies in this time period and then yeah i'm i'm looking forward to like the dark crystal no that's not this the black the cauldron black cauldron <laughs> is what i was trying to say all right we need to be done now okay <laughs> okay <clears throat> So, next time, more Forgotten Favorites. You can find us at Latchkey Movies on Facebook and Instagram. You can send us an email, latchkeymovies at gmail.com. We are accepting your calls at 402-885-4875. And if you have enjoyed this show and would like to support us, you can do so at Kofi. That's K-O-F-I dot com slash Briar. We love you all. Thank you for listening.